0: What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab today. Well, today we're talking about Enish, talking about one of the best games ever made, one of the highest rated games on Board Game Geek, a game that, that I've really enjoyed my, my plays of. And we're talking to the designer, Christian Martinez. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Okay. Hello. Yeah, Super excited to have you here, <laughs> coming to us from France. Yes. And uh, I'm going to try to talk a little bit slower than I normally do, just to make sure uh, every, everything comes through. Okay, and it's going to be hard because oh, this is a game I'm excited about. This is a game that I've really enjoyed playing. It's got so many amazing mechanisms coming together to just create a really awesome whole. And it's going to be hard for me not to just get super excited about some of these aspects of it. So I'm going to do my best to talk a little slower, just so it all comes through and, and you hear all my questions and all that kind of thing. Okay, but before cool. we get <laughs> before we get into the game, who are you? How'd you get into game design? All that kind of thing.
1: Okay, so. I'm Christian Martinez. I live in France, in Lyon. And, uh, well, as a designer, no, as, a, as a gamer first, uh, uh, I discovered um, these uh, modern games in, uh, in, in the 80s. I was first into RPGs, you know, Call of Thulhu, Dungeons and & Dragons, and uh, uh, Dragon's Dream. I don't know if you know that one. It's a French game and um little by little i uh i actually um played m- more uh, board games at the time in the 80s and uh, you know as a as a role player uh you know i um, i designed well design. I, I wrote scenarios and then rules and etc and um I, I think I, I designed my first real board games in the 90s. And, um, and going from here, uh, I, I designed a few at the time. And uh, my first published game was uh, Expedition Altiplano in uh, 2007, if I remember well, 7 or 6. And uh, I've designed quite a few other games since that time, but uh, only a, a small portion of them have been published, obviously. Uh, in fact, um, since that time, since uh, 2006 or 7, I, I work for, um, in, in, in pedagogy. Uh, my mission is to, to help trainers uh, regarding pedagogy. So I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a specialist in learning methods. And so uh, for my job, I, I had to, to, to design, to, to use or design uh, a few learning games. And so that's why I designed a, a, a lot of games, uh, but not, not just games for, for having fun, I would say, but, but games for learning too.
0: Yeah, very cool. And so let's just jump right in to Inish. Now, I am pronouncing it the way I've been told is the correct pronunciation. I bet a lot of people, they see the box, it's I-N-I-S, and they just yes. say innis yes. And so tell me about why, first, just before we get into the actual game design, tell me about the title of the game and kind of how that Came to be, and then why is it pronounced a little bit differently than it's uh, it's it's spelled, or than that people think it should be pronounced?
1: Well, uh, so to to reassure you, I pronounce most of the time. I pronounce it Inish too. <laughs> okay, but yeah, uh, it, it should be pronounced Inish because it's a Gaelic word. It's uh, Irish, and uh, why the name? Well, uh, because I, I wanted uh, to have the. The word for island in the title, because, uh, well, in, in the game, you're playing on an island and you're exploring it. And uh, and so uh, I, I thought it was nice to have uh, just this title, uh, Inish, an island. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes yeah. a ton of yeah. sense. I, I, actually, the, the first title was Inish Celt. You know, uh, to emphasize that that was a game about the Celts. but uh, I think it was it wasn't u- useful. So uh, just finish uh, stayed. And gotcha. I think it's okay. It's I like I, I like it. <laughs>
0: Yes, it's great. And it definitely stands out. It, one, it is easy to pronounce. There are lots of games yeah. that right now coming out that have very difficult words as their title to pronounce. And so even if people are pronouncing this one a little bit incorrectly, at least it's only four letters. Yeah. And so it's easy to easy to say, even if it is a little bit off. Yes. And now did the theme come first or did the, the yes. ideas and the mechanisms come first? Tell me kind of how the the game, like tell me about the Genesis, how the game started.
1: So, uh, actually, uh, the the, f- the theme came first, but it's not even that is not correct because it, at this time, at the time, it, it was not a theme for a game. It's just things I was interested in, and I, I'm, I'm still am I'm today. I'm still today. Uh, I'm interested in, in Celtic history and Celtic culture, and uh, and um, I, I read a, a lot of things, uh, a lot of books, and uh, about it. History, legends, and uh, you know, m- mythic uh, history about the Celts and their culture, and so uh, at at one time, I, I I wanted to to play in that uh, in that place. <laughs> I don't know how to say, and uh, so uh, I tried to to make a game out of it. Uh, so I um, so I read uh, more <laughs> things. And um, I tried different systems uh, to to convey what I wanted to to see in the game. I tried a few systems, and and um, and it didn't work at first. I, I tried different things that didn't quite work. So I, I still had this idea at the back of my head, and then one day I discovered that uh, well. Uh, that drafting plus action system because you know i i like drafting in games since a long time since magic days you know and um there was a there were a few games that used drafting at the time like uh what's the name uh, fairy tale i think there was a game that was called fairy tale in the 2000 yep. maybe five or six and um I like drafting, but uh, I, I some, some something was missing in the in the games uh, with drafting uh, missing for me. Uh, games were fine, but uh, missing for me is that in those game in most of those games, you know, you I draft a card, I draft cards, and then uh, I, I go to a phase which to me is like a, a scoring phase. You know, I draft and then I score. See what I mean? If I take a shorthand of the of the playing process, and so I wanted to have that drafting, playing what I've drafted, and 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 then maybe scoring with something else. But I wanted to to uh, that something happens with the things I've drafted, and not and not only some uh, scoring possibilities or, or, or combinations. Uh, see what I mean.
0: Yeah, definitely, and so I want to get more into the cards and the drafting and, and the way the systems work in yeah. just a second. But a couple of things before then. One, tell me a little bit more about what drew you into the culture, right? This is such a rich culture, There's so many cool you know myths and and stories. So tell me, like, what really drew you in?
1: I don't know. I, I don't know, honestly. Uh, it's it's. I like that for a, a really long time. You know, uh, I like this culture. I like the Legends and poems and music and and places to, and art and uh, I don't know. I just like that. It's my thing, <laughs> you know. And gotcha. uh, no, I don't know what to say. I've I've, uh, uh, I, I've read. I like the stories. You know, like the story of Cuckoo Lane or, or uh, the the book of the. The Lebor Gebala, the book of the five conquests of Ireland, and the art by Jim Fitzpatrick, of course, the different artists in general, but the art by Jim Fitzpatrick is something that uh, drew me into and his books about, uh, you know, the conquests of Ireland uh, and Nuada Silverhand, and uh, I just like that.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think the game really does bring it to life, uh, and you and you really do embrace the theme in, in some really cool ways. Yeah,
1: thank you. That's really what was uh, most important for me. Well, maybe not the most, but that was really important for me. I I wanted because you know th- there was not really uh, other games which uh, used or, or play in that culture. Um, there were a few, but uh, uh, there wasn't. Any game that uh, that lets you, you know, you see Cuculain and Nuada and uh, all those crazy characters and uh, Kernunos and uh, see and Tuan and Breas and uh, all those epics and, and strange and fascinating characters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now you mentioned a moment ago. Uh, that you tried some things that didn't work. So tell yeah. me about some of the ideas you had early on that, that you tried, that failed, that didn't actually end up in the final game.
1: Well, I, I remember one of them was a, a sort of tile-laying system. With the, there was already uh, the ideas of, of uh, the different uh, constructions, yeah, like uh, the uh, sanctuaries and and citadels. And uh, I don't remember how I called the, the other one, the villages maybe. Uh, and... Uh, Well, I don't remember that well. I just remember that it didn't work anyway. So that's it. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can not tell you much more about it.
0: Well, so before we get a little deeper into mechanisms and things, what do you think it is about this game in particular? You've you've told us why you were really drawn to this type of game and the theme and whatnot. But what do you think has really drawn so many gamers into this game? I mean, so many people have played it, rated it highly. Why do you think that is?
1: I think, well, I don't know. I think you know the uh, something else that that drew me to to design this game was, uh, and I, you can see it as you play, it, I suppose. But it's it's I, I like I liked uh, those games of like Judes um, on a map games. Simply put, I really like those games, like uh, History of the World and uh, Marino Stroom, and uh, and uh, the uh, it's not a dude on a map dudes on a map game, but uh, I really like at the time in the eighties diplomacy, and so uh, that was another ma- major influence. I, I, I think I wanted to to craft uh, that kind of games, but with a, a special take on it. So I like dudes on a game on a map games, but most of the time uh, I don't quite like the way they force you to be at war most of the time. And so I wanted to design this game. And and I think the Celtic uh, stories influenced me uh, on this point. I wanted to have this game where uh, there was um, a territory control aspect, something uh, where territory matters. where uh, the the unit the clans matters, but uh, a game where you could uh, maybe not ignore, but uh, uh, not maybe not ignore war. But I wanted that you could um, play the game and even win the game without, without being at war. I wanted the game to be most of uh, more of a political game. That's a uh, conquest game than a, a conquest game. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of the things that helps it stand out from so many other other similar games on the market that they're actually not that similar because you have so many other things going on.
1: Yeah, maybe. And 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 so to answer your the, the third question, maybe that's what that's what uh, attracts uh, some people today. That it's the fact that uh, you you play with your dudes and they on a the map, but uh, you know it's not a war game it's not a game of war it's a game of of uh, political political struggle and brings bring man's ship and, and and you have to prepare your weapons and and stab them at the right time uh, you know
0: yeah very cool and so people listening to this episode who've never played the game who've never even maybe heard of it what yeah. would be your like two minute A real quick, like, elevator pitch for what the game is, because it is, you know, it is so different. Like, how would you, if you were just going to explain or summarize just real briefly, tell me, like, what the game is and do that real quick, and then we'll jump into, like, these deeper things that are going on mechanically.
1: Inish is a game uh, about the Celt and uh, Irish Celtic mythology. Um, It's a strategic game, it's a political game, it's a diplomacy game, and uh, there's a bit of conquest in it. Um, it's a drafting game, and it's a it's a game with a tension, in which you have to to make the most of what you you're given at uh, every round to to fulfill your objective and to win.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's let's jump into kind of these more. Uh, these deeper mechanical things you already mentioned the drafting tell me a little bit more about the cards because one of the things i yeah. love about the cards is that they're multi-use they have other you know they have multiple things going on and different mm-hmm. ways to use them and so there's a lot more to think about when you're when you're when you are drafting and you get these cards in your hands like okay which one which ones do i want to keep so tell me yes. about how they work and kind of how you created that system
1: the thing is uh i like combos games you know
0: i was a fan of magic,
1: back in the days. <laughs> I love combos games. And uh, I wanted that initiative allows you to, to be creative and, and, to, and to discover combos. And so I thought about it. And I suppose that the, the best way to achieve this is, is, was to have a few elements that could all combine with each other. See, there are the, the territories. There are the actions, there are the epic tales, and, uh, there are not very much, uh, there are not many elements in, in the, in those different categories, but all of them can influence, uh, every other one. See what I mean?
0: Yeah. And so what are some of the things that the cards do? Like, what am I, what am I, what are my multi-use actions? Yeah, what are the okay. different
1: ones? So the, the heart of the game, of course, are the, the action cards and um well, they are multi use in a way because you can spend them to um, to absorb attrition in in the in the in the clashes but i I wouldn't say that each qualifies at as a as a multi use course but the first the f- first thing i i designed and and that I wanted to validate. Uh, in the very first uh, row uh, prototype was the idea of the territories and the action cards so I designed a few territories a few action cards um there were there were a few minis a few clans for each player and I just played with that and and it worked and that was the real start of the of the the real first important step of the design process to validate that the this uh, system of draft plus actions plus territories worked. And uh, I was so happy that it did.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the cards, they, they let you move, they let you build things. Yes. they. Yeah, tell yes. me about that.
1: Yes, uh, so my thought process uh, was like this. I, I wanted to... That we we draft uh, the actions that we usually do naturally, if I can say, uh, in in a Dudes on the Map game. See, so uh, what what do you do in those games? You 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 hire more uh, units, you you move them, you have them clash, you uh, you build constructions and etc. Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And so uh, I. I thought that if I put all those actions in cards and that if the players draft them, I would uh, naturally increase uh, the tension between, between the players. Because you know that uh, all those actions are available to all, uh, all the players. But uh, what action will you draft? You, you don't know at first. And and you, you have to make a decision, uh, considering your your short term plans, your long term plan, and and what others can do. And so, in fact, this mechanism is just a simple way of uh, using classical actions. If you if you look at them, they are individually, all those cards are classical actions. But the way you you select them and play them um, make them stand out because, because they th- this process uh, naturally induces tension. And that was the first point, I think.
0: Right. And one of the things I really love about the way the system works is that it forces players to really have to think and have to plan and it creates some really interesting moments where, oh if, oh, if I just had this card instead of that card, then yes. I could do my plan perfectly, yes. but I don't. And so you yes. have to really think through and it gives the players a lot of agency as far as like in the drafting process and thinking ahead. Yeah, and, and,
1: once you're used to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and also also having to think about what, what the other players at the table are, are going to do and then making plans based on what you think is going to happen.
1: Yes, well, maybe not uh, during your, your first games, but uh, yes, that's the point. And I like when I, I, I teach new players to play because I can see that, you know, on the first draft in the first season, they look at the cards, the action cards, and they say, well, okay, okay, okay. On the second draft, they say, whoa, wait, well, okay, whoa. And on the third draft, they say, "No way, I can let this card pass through me." <laughs> See what I mean? Because the draft gets its uh, intensity with the knowledge you have of the cards. And once you knew your seventeen or thirteen cards, depending on the number of players, once you know them perfectly, and you know what they do, and you know what you can do with them, and what others people can players can do with them here the game takes its full full experience see
0: yeah definitely and i remember when when i've played it's it's been such an interesting bluffing game as well because if you yes. if you want to do something it's like mm-hmm. well i'm going to go i'm going to go into this territory and do this thing but if the if my opponent has this certain card then my plan is not going to work, and so of yes. course they want me to think that they have that card, whether yes. they do or not. And so it's That's this really right. interesting, like cat and mouse game of like what's actually true and kind of bluffing each other and saying things at the table, and 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 it's a lot like poker in trying to read each other's poker faces about what they have,
1: in a way. And I like that you know people discover different ways to play the game uh, when uh, when I touch the, teach the game. Uh, uh, and uh, a situation, situation like the one you mentioned, arise, uh, and the player says, "Well, I don't know. What can I do?" Uh, I say, "Well, ask him. What? Ask him if if he let you go. I, I can do that. Well, why not? <laughs> ask him. Okay, may I do that? Yeah, go ahead. That's nice. And uh, and uh, what I mean is that um, above the the complementary to the to the Tactical play uh, of the cards and the you know the bluffing elements. There is the negotiation space, ne- negotiation aspect that the, that people discover sometimes on their first game or, or second or so. And and here the game comes to life when the when negotiation is uh, is is used by the, all the players.
0: Definitely. And so let's let's talk let's talk a little bit about the territories. Now, one of the interesting things about the territory tiles is their shape. And so I definitely want to like, help me understand. Like they have these really funky shapes. They still fit together really well, but it's yes. not. They're not squares. You know, they're not hexagons like every other game. They're yes. these like really odd shape. And so tell me about that. And then let's get into kind of the deeper aspects about the different territory tiles.
1: Okay. Uh, so uh, first question. First question. Why the funky shapes? Well. Because, uh, first, because I, I, I wanted. <laughs> no, I mean, there's an aesthetic and um, a kind of thematic approach to this aesthetic because I, I like that the island has irregular uh, coastline, you know, like, like Ireland. But I think it's more uh, pleasing to the eye to see uh, those irregular shapes that make up for... Uh, I think it's... It's more beautiful to see those irregular shapes uh, make an island that, if it were, if it was uh, just eggs, for instance. Okay, but uh, the 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 aspect that made us uh, say, okay, we'll do that, it's because you know when you play, uh, you you add uh, tiles mm-hmm. during all all along the the game, and you have to to move all the the pieces at once, and sometimes. OK, and uh, if the, the shape were not, if the tiles weren't interlocking, it, it would be a mess to, to move them uh, because um, they would disjoint. Uh, but here they stay connected. So there is a, uh, a practical aspect, uh, an aesthetic aspect uh, as at least for me and uh, a small thematic aspect because it reminds me of the 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 shape of the, the the shore of those islands that's it
0: yeah that makes a whole lot of sense and so tell me about why why would you have to move the island around tell me about adding tiles to the board and things like that
1: well, uh, when you explore the island, you, you add uh, tiles to, to the island, and so it's uh, uh, just a practical thing. You, you have to push the, the whole ship around, that's all. And the explore process, in a, on a gameplay uh, point of view, uh, at first it wasn't here. At first, uh, well, uh, that's not really true. I, I can't remember well. I think that at first th- there wasn't an exploration process. I think all the no, there was there was um, um there was many much more tiles uh, on the um, on the game area at first when the game began. But then uh, after a few tests we we uh, we discovered that it was more interesting to discover the island um, during during the game, and so uh, uh, that's where I decided to just have a few tiles, the minimum required number of tiles uh, during setup, and then discover the rest um, by playing, and it was more interesting because now you can, you know, there's actually a, a, a reason, a way, and, and a cost, or at least an opportunity cost to, to
0: exploration. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Did you also find that, you know, in earlier tests when the map was was larger yeah. that players did not interact as much or there wasn't quite as much <laughs> yeah. tension?
1: Yes, that's that's also a good point because uh I, when the the map was a bit la- larger, uh, you know, if the uh, every player had his um territory in front of him and there was a few connected tiles and then you were much players were much further away from each other, and so there was a a, a first part of the game where we we played uh, uh, each player well too too much apart from from the others, you know. And uh, the fact that uh, I decided to explore the island, and then so I decided that the the first island, the first part. Uh, the first explored part of the island uh, was to be much smaller so uh, it had the added effect of, of putting the the players right in in the action uh, from the from the get go
0: yeah that makes a whole whole lot of sense I, i've had similar experiences where the map was just too big and then players just kind of sit off to themselves
1: yes and and uh, and when we first tested that we said wow that's cool because uh, because we we cut um We realized at that point that the that first part was not uh, as interesting as as uh, as the other part, and so by beginning everyone intermingled uh, on the territories was much more fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so, tell me a little bit more about like the territories and any special abilities or any you know extra little things that they have. Yes. Because some some are more some are different from others, right?
1: Yes, right. I wanted to have. Big territories, big in, in not in the actual say size sense of the term, but in the sense that uh, I, I didn't want to, to count spaces. You see, uh, area movement, if you prefer, and so uh, so it's okay. It, it, it can work. It it, it, it was a, a proven mechanism, but at the same time, I, I wanted to have uh, distinct territories. Uh, for two reasons, first, because, uh, well, uh, as for, uh, from a gameplay point of view, it, obviously it would be more interesting because uh, you would have uh, um, different territories to vie for, uh, uh, hot spots on the map, and, um, and also because it, it could let me uh, introduce uh, different aspects of the, of the theme. And also because, as, as I first told you, because uh, we had now a third type of objects that would interact with the other, with the others. I, I don't know if that's clear, but I have the actions, the epic tales, and and the territory tiles. Okay, and actually they function like distinct objects that that uh, interact. Uh, all of them interact with all of them. And it's another layer, and it and it worked, and that was cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so, tell me a little bit more, though, about the territories, like their abilities, or anything you uncover. You know, and as you explore, it, like, oh man, I'm really glad we found, or I found this tile because now I can do this, It kind of changes my strategy. You know, that yes,
1: goes. yes, yes. the The point of those territories are uh, actually to 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 give some some strong and some less. Strong uh, abilities, so as to 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 build your strategy around, because they 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 are one of the few elements that stay, that that almost stay <laughs> in your game. See what I mean? Because you know, epic tales are one shot cards. Okay, so you you can definitely build a strategy around them, but you you better not miss your your shot. But territories are are more uh, consistent. Because you, get the, you can get uh, the same card on a subsequent round if you, you maintain majority on, on, the, on the tile. So uh, th- those uh, territories are, are quite important because they are one of the few stable objects of the game, and it's, it's important, I think it's important to have uh, uh, something stable that I can rely upon almost as a player and more, uh, more uh, unstable uh, objects like the, the epic tale cards. And there are the recurrent objects which, which sits in the middle, which are the action cards, which are the, the backbone of the game.
0: Yeah, and so tell me about how the area control aspects works okay. for these ter- territory cards. Like, how did you come up with the the idea for how it works? Did was there something else you tried? Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, actually, it it was a, a really simple part because it's it's it came right from the theme, and um, there there was three aspects that I wanted to put forth. Uh, that were the the territory aspect, the power aspect, and the religious aspects, uh, because that's why you you see and you learn in the stories and in in the historical texts about the Celts. Um, at least that's what I saw and what I understood, and so these three aspects were. Uh, uh, for me really important to to use as a, as the as victory conditions because they are what uh, um, they are the, the the background of the game you know you do actions you you move from one territory to another you get some epic card and you play it and it's gone but the the victory conditions are the real uh, background of the game something that don't doesn't change okay and as a as a strong stable elements uh, stronger than the teri- territory cards um i think so they they are the most prominent aspect of the of the of the celtic culture that that is that you can see in the game maybe if you don't see that that is what it is <laughs> does that make sense
0: yeah, I believe so. But tell me a little bit more about, like, the area control system. Yeah. You know, some some games, How you know, you can only... Go ahead.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, this area control... Uh, in fact, if you if you look close, there is only one of the three victory conditions that deal with area control. Okay? Uh, the one I call the power uh, victory condition. And it works uh, like this. It's... it's well, it's quite classical. You have to to have more uh, u- um, clans than uh, any other player to to fulfill this uh, victory condition. Okay, but it's not really uh, expressed that way. The way it ex- it's expressed, it, it, it's that you you have some kind of points. And, uh, we don't use points in the game, but you have some kind of points uh, with every um, opponent unit in your territory. Okay, so what is important is that you 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 have more uh, units than other people, but it works only if you are not alone. If there are other players in your territory, and and that makes it a cool trick that the game plays on you because because you want to be. You want to be the chieftain, but uh, obviously you cannot do it alone. So uh, it it um, it changes the way the the clashes uh, are working because at first, if you think that you just have to to eliminate the other uh, not the other players but the other units, well, it just doesn't work you you can be uh, you can be the chieftain if you if you kill the uh, other units you know and that's this this uh, ambiguous stance uh, that that make the um, this precise uh, victory condition work
0: yeah and it's super interesting you know a lot of games like there's a lot of area control games with combat and things like that as soon as my army moves into a space with another army, there's combat, there's a, a dice yeah. roll, there's cards playing play, there's, there's yeah. war. And a lot of times it's winner take all. And so if, if yeah. I win, then I get to stay. Uh, if, if you win, you get to stay and I get to, I have to leave. But yeah. in, in Inish, it's it's not that way, right? I can just simply move into a yeah. territory and not necessarily have to have combat, but at the same yeah. time, it can lead towards one of the victory conditions. And I think that's a really uh, interesting way to do it but let's let's talk a little bit about combat how does how do clashes how does combat in inish work
1: so they work this way you when you enter a territory with your units and there are some other units clans as they are called in the game clashes start anyway a clashes start okay but that that doesn't mean necessarily they will have a fight uh, clash it's just a situation that has to be settled down and uh, the way it's settled down is this um first if there are citadels in their territory uh, the other players may use the citadel to to shelter their their clans but the most important is that the players involved in the clash decide if, uh, if they want to fight or not okay and if there is a a, a fight uh, players uh, in turn decide if they want to uh, attack another player and this player under attacked decides if he want to lose a, a clan a unit or if he want to lo- if he wants to lose a card and that's as simple as that uh, if i uh, rephrase it in in a small sentence uh, every player in turn may attack and if you attack i can choose to lose a clan or a card so it looks and it is in a way very deterministic but there are two things two or three things that that you know that make the 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 whole clash thing not really deterministic first the, there are the epic tail cards because you don't know if if your opponents hold tail cards in the hand, you don't know what uh, they are up to, and uh, same for you. And then there's this uh, whole piece thing that is at every turn of the clash, if every player agree, you just end the clash. And so the inter- interesting thing, I think, is that you realize that a, a real fight with attrition is really costly it costs you very much for you and for your opponents and so uh, you want to make the most to take the most out of the of this situation uh, without losing too much and you know that your opponents have the same thought process okay and so all this uh, clash resolution is not just dictated by, by those rules, but by, by the whole situation, by the local situation and by the global situation. Do I want this territory or not? Uh, why Why do I want to come here? Uh, is it because there are sanctuaries? Do I want to be the chieftain or do I only want to have one or two clans? It's okay. Uh, what is the situation of my opponent? Or maybe I want to fight because I can earn a deed right now just after see so uh what if you experience the game you know that what looks at at first like a really uh simple almost simplistic uh um, resolution system is just a it's just a a system yes for for the player to be to be creative and and to and to use uh the situation, negotiation, and and their assets like the epic tail cards in the best way possible.
0: Definitely. So, tell me a little bit more about the epic tail cards. How do I yeah. get them, and what are some of the interesting things that they do to kind of change the game?
1: Okay, so I have to tell you. At first, uh, the the very first uh, prototypes we I, I produced and we played, there was no epic tail cards. Okay, there was just the the action cards and the territory tiles. Okay, and it worked in a way. (laughs) What I mean is that it it strictly worked, but it was really, I don't know how to say, straight and and square. And and, uh, see what I mean? How would you say it? Yeah, it just
0: didn't have as many interesting choices and things happening for the players.
1: Yeah, it was harsh. It was really harsh, uh, really difficult to, to... very uh, dry, you know. It worked, but it, it was dry and and harsh. And so, I knew that I, I wanted uh, from the from the beginning I wanted to introduce the the. Maybe I didn't know it would be, take the form of epic cards, but I, I know I wanted to have all those uh, uh, mythology uh, aspects in the game. And and so that when uh, when. Uh, I saw that the game worked, but something was lacking. I, I knew it, it has to it has to be uh, with the Epic Tale cards. I knew I had to create them to to, to have the um, you know, different possibilities along the way and, and, and new tactics and surprises and, and and maybe whole
0: strategies based upon them. Yeah, so what are some of the things that these cards do? So,
1: yes, first, you you get these cards in the game uh, by, well, by playing other games, because, uh, yes, we didn't say it really clearly, but uh, at heart, Enish is a card game. <laughs> okay. So you get those cards by playing other cards, main, mainly the, the board, for instance, of course, and when you build a, uh, build a, a sanctuary. Uh, and those cards, well, they do all sort of things that you cannot do with the action cards and with the territory cards all all kind of things to to mess up other players plans and to reinforce your plans or to to base your plan
0: plan around okay yeah give me give me some examples of like some of your favorites
1: yeah some example okay so maybe you can uh, you can add clans if you're uh, if you have a lot of sanctuaries. Of maybe you can manipulate the the rhythm of the game. Maybe you you do as if you would pass, but you don't. Oh, we didn't talk about passing. Well, okay. Uh, maybe you get to to eliminate another clan just like that. Or maybe you you can take back a, a card that was just played, or maybe you can end. Uh, a clash, uh, just like that, or etc. Lots of things to 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 mess up with plans or to, to build plans around. Okay.
0: Yeah. So tell me about passing. How does that work in the passing, game? Yeah. So passing.
1: Uh, once you you have drafted your action cards, so every everyone has drafted uh, their action cards, and then uh, player in turn each play one card. So most of the time, an action, an action cards, an action card, but not necessarily. Or you can pass. Okay, if you pass, you just do nothing. But when the the, the game, when the run comes to you again, uh, you're not out of the game. You can play a card or pass. If and only if not all the players have passed. Okay, when all the players pass uh, consecutively the the season the round ends and and that's really important because you can most of, not all the, all of the time but most of the time you want to you want to pass because you want to see what other other players can do but if you pass too aggressively maybe everyone will pass and you 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 will do nothing in this round okay so there's a real uh, tactical Uh, approach in the passing and playing and passing process so yeah it's important in the game
0: yeah very cool now one thing you've mentioned a couple times are different buildings different structures Uh, you mentioned Mm -hmm. citadels and sanctuaries tell me Mm -hmm. about those and kind of how they work and how they got added to the game and, and that kind of thing
1: yes so they are the citadels and the sanctuaries and um uh, so there, there are the, those two structures because uh, the citadels uh, uh, in, in France, we call them uh, opidum. And these are important places where uh, uh, population can gather for uh, uh, some events, you know, or during difficult times. And, uh, and so in the game, they are used for defense or for p- populating your... Your tribe, you, you. There's an action card that allows you to that allow you to uh, to add clans uh, if you have citadels, and then the sanctuaries. Because uh, obviously, I wanted to have all the sacred uh, aspect of the game, religious, the 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 gods and the heroes, and uh, and so uh, I just decided, really, in a simple way, to uh, to translate the the religious. um, Aspect victory by uh, simply stating that you just have to to have clans where there are sanctuaries, but these those sanctuaries they benefit everyone. So when you when you build them, you you have a, a small or maybe not that small benefit in the in the in a way of uh, uh, an epic tale card. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so I love how the structures, I love how lots of different things go into the different win conditions and and you have three different ways to win the game, which is super cool because you always, as a player, you're constantly having to think about, you know, what are the other players going for? I might be going for this one win condition, but someone else is going for something totally different and I have to be aware of that. Otherwise they might win without me even realizing it. And so tell me about the different win conditions and kind of how, like did you have three from the beginning or is that something that came through playtesting? Tell me about the whole process.
1: Yes, I had three from the beginning because, uh, 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 as I said, uh, it, it was the most simple way for me to translate uh, some uh, some important as aspects of the of the uh, Celtic culture that that I found uh, interesting and important. Okay, so uh, uh, power, uh, religion, and and uh, and the land. Okay, uh, so that's why there are three uh, victory conditions at first, and and in the game you have to be to be chosen appointed king by by showing your your valor in in one or more of those uh, three victory conditions, and in fact that was uh, I, I struggle a lot <laughs> with some aspects of the game, but not this one. This one. This one worked from from the beginning. So, yeah, that's cool. One thing that worked (laughs) from the beginning.
0: And what are the three conditions? uh,
1: There's one victory condition where you have to to be present in territories um, which have a total of six sanctuaries. There is one where you have to be present in six territories or more, of course, and there is one when you have to be the chieftain of six opponent uh, clans units, okay? And uh, yes, as I, as I told you before, the 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 power victory condition, the one with the six clans, uh, is interesting in its ambivalence. You know, uh, yes, uh, I want to be the chieftain uh, because I, I can that, that can make me win. So maybe i just want to to fight those people you know there's this as- aspect there's the terri- territory aspects which is um simpler because uh, you you just uh, i don't mean that it's simple in the game you you just have to spread uh, all over the map uh, and there's a, an intermediate victory condition with the sanctuaries um what what i i have to to tweak in the victory conditions. And what I, th- I think is interesting today is that there's the territory victory condition and the, and the sanctuary victory conditions, which are both of them are, um, are not available uh, at the beginning of the game. OK? You, seem, you, you just can't. There's, there are not enough territories or sanctuary. But the um, the clans, the chieftain victory condition, is a victory condition that can be attained very quickly in the game, and it's interesting because I think it's interesting because um, it can be a, minute if a threat almost on the first season depending on the on the gameplay okay and uh, it's interesting because from the beginning from the beginning you have you have this threat that someone maybe will win. In one season, if if uh, if he, he manages his his, his cards uh, in a good way, or if someone makes an error, which can happen, okay. But to be fair, I've just seen
0: only once a victory in one season. <laughs> yeah. Now tell me about six. Why was six the magical number for these different things?
1: Well, I, I didn't know at first. It's because uh, it's what worked well. We tried. I think. I think I tried seven at first because just you know it was just uh, just it was just number to, number to try, and it was a bit long. And then six was okay, and then we tried five, and it was uh, too short. That's just that was just a really simple uh, process on, on this point.
0: Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. And so tell me a little bit more about playtesting. What were some of the things that you were looking for as far as you know, the time or the interactions, the combos? Tell me anything that kind of stood out about the playtesting process that maybe changed the game or was interesting.
1: Whoa. <laughs> yes. So uh, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of playtesting. And uh, every, every playtest t- play did... Didn't bring his uh, his uh, you know changes, small changes, big changes, uh, and so I don't even remember there were lots of things that that changed along the along the process. Uh, I told you about a few of them already, but um, what uh, what changed for the longest time was the the effect of the cards because after a few tests uh, the the whole the global system was um, okay validated okay but the cards had to be uh, really taken care of and and balanced and uh, so there was change until uh, until the end until uh, just before it went to the print. <laughs> Mostly in the in the Epic Tale cards, not really in the action because the action uh, uh, being the heart of the system, they were stable uh, rather soon, I think. But the Epic Tale cards, uh, they had a few changes in, uh, until the end.
0: Gotcha. All right, let's switch gears just a little bit. I think anyone who's played the game could see its mechanisms, could see its play ex- experience, Translated into a different theme or in a different setting, you know, not being a, a Celtic island, but being, you know, in, in a different part of the world, or maybe even a different setting entirely. And so, have you worked on any other themes for the game? Any other ways to play it? Anything like that?
1: Well, in fact, yes. Uh, in fact, in uh, in a, a few years back, uh, the game wasn't even released. I, just for fun, I translated some of the elements in a in a science fiction setting, you know, among the stars. And uh, I didn't even play test it. It, it. it was just for fun. I had this file on my my computer. And okay. And uh, last year, well, one year or two years ago. The game was released. There was quite a few uh, uh, reviews and, and comments and all that, and uh, and I wanted to 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 work on a, a, a new version of Inish that that wouldn't be Inish. So, so I I designed a game and I'm still working on it, which is a bit like Inish in a way, but it's not just a, a translation. Finish, but uh, in, a, in a in a science fiction setting. Think, think, Foundation a bit. You know, there's a there was once a galactic empire, a powerful galactic empire. But uh, today there are just a few scattered systems. We don't know each other, but at the beginning of the game, we have discovered those portals and we interact and we begin to interact with each other and we discover new systems and we discover those strange places where technical secrets lies and uh, and so on and so
0: forth. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Well, you know, <laughs> if it's just a, at least a little bit like Inish, except Inish in space, I think it's a very cool idea. And I look forward to seeing more about it, hearing more about it, and hopefully playing it one day down the road. Cool,
1: cool. Yeah, it's a, it's not it's not Inish in space. That that would, wouldn't be fair to say that, but you... Hopefully, you you will play it because we we're working on it with the with the publisher, and uh, and um, I think you recognize quite a few things, mostly in the in the political departments <laughs> and a few other things, and uh, and also I try to to tweak some things that um, in the long run happen to maybe not please uh, some kind of players, you know, and uh, I try to be uh, to pay attention to that. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. I'm excited. Uh, we are working on it at the moment. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's quite exciting.
0: Awesome. <laughs> well, Christian, this has been just just awesome. Really appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on the show. Do you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to kind of leave listeners with? Maybe they're trying to design an area control game, a dudes-on-a-map oh. style game, anything like that. What kind of closing thoughts uh, w- would you give them?
1: Well, uh, I don't know, but, you know, what, what drove me... Uh, to work on in his what was uh, like I said the the, the desire to, to to play in the Celtic environment so I think that first and foremost the important thing is to is to to look for the that that one thing that you want to, to talk about in, in which you want to play you see and also uh, I think what uh, one of the aspect that um, makes uh, tick is this uh, I think different approach on on clashing. but uh, let me let me say that I, I didn't want I didn't purposely say to myself, okay, I'll have a, a different fight system. no, it's just that in my experiences of, of dudes on a map game, I always felt contrived to attack and and to go on war, and and often I would say, "Look, I I don't want to attack you. I just want to do this." And so that's that's how it came. It came. Uh, it came out. Okay. And so my my thing is my my so my my sharing <laughs> would be this. Uh, I I like to to discover what the what this this game you're working on I'm working on what is this all about? what do I want to say to to have
0: people experience absolutely well you've got a a game another game that recently came out in France is gonna hit yes. the states in uh spring of twenty twenty Tell me a little bit more about that one
1: yeah it's it's a game called cairn and it's uh, it's not it, it's a, it's a, an abstract game at heart you know it's a two player game which plays fast in in 20 30 minutes and uh, in in this game which it's uh, which is uh, set in the, in the neolithic time i know i said it's an abstract game but i said there is a setting well okay because we wanted to to have fun with the illustrations and with the the miniatures, okay? So you play shamans and your objective is to raise megaliths. And uh, as soon as a player has uh, risen three megaliths, is win. There are two catches in the game. The first catch is when you use an action. This action changes for the next player who uses it, okay? It's your opponent or yourself, maybe, okay? And the second catch is that... um, you have to raise megaliths to to win, but every megalith you raise uh, gives power to both players, not only for you, but uh, to your opponent too. Okay, and I think that's cool. <laughs> it, it works well, and uh, yeah, the the fun thing is that it you know it's a kind of I would say a board building game. Yeah. You know, awkward, but. Uh, Uh, You'll understand when you see it because you begin the game with almost a blank board. You know, there are only two megaliths, neutral megaliths uh, in the middle of the terrain, okay? And as the game goes on, there are more and more megaliths and so more and more powers to activate when you play until uh, toward the end of the game or there are many uh, combos to discover and uh, tactical chains uh, to 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 trigger and uh, all that well
0: very cool and that's Karen. Karen, I'm, I'm butchering the Karen. C-A-I-R-N so definitely check yes. that out if, uh, yes. if that sounds interesting to you well Christian really appreciate your time really appreciate you coming on the show good luck with all these these games uh, you're working on and, and just some some of these sound really really exciting and uh, good luck, everything else you got going all right now
1: okay thank you thank you very much